On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors take down the Chicago Bulls, and they do it by playing differently and with different versatility in their lineup choices. Yes, the Raptors have different ways they can play now. We're going to dig into why that is. We'll also talk about Scotty Barnes, a.k.a. Swatty Barnes, and so much more with Katie Heindel here on a Whatevs Wednesday. Let's get to it. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 1350 of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, March the 1st, baby, in like a lion, hopefully out like a lamb. I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. And we are, of course, on YouTube for free as well. Please go hit the big red subscribe button over on the Locked On Raptors YouTube channel. We are very close to 3,000 subscribers. I love round numbers. Please help me get to the round numbers. My brain is happy and content. And I thank you very much for doing that in advance. And thanks to all those who have already hit subscribe and joined our Locked On Raptors family over on the tube. All right, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors take down the Chicago Bulls 104-98 in Toronto last night before they jet out on a long road trip against some uh, important and also good opponents, but nice to get this win in the bank. They are 31-32. and They finished 8-3 and in February. They've won eight of their last 10, and Katie Heindel is here to break it all down. Katie, the Raptors are playing interesting basketball again. This is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they waited to uh, pull it out until the fourth last night, but uh, mm-hmm. pretty compelling stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, last twelve minutes. <laughs> hey, you, that's what you have, Scotty Barnes, for the first three quarters. You know, you never know what you're going to get, but fourth quarter, you know, he's coming in and taking the bull by the horns, and you love to see it. We are going to talk about Scotty Barnes coming up and the performance he had last night, his fourth quarter block fest, and just the general intriguing nature of his growth path this season that'll be our focus coming up we got the good the bad and the hmm coming up later as well but let's begin with our biggest takeaway shall we katie and for me to me this game just kind of screamed oh wow the raptors are in fact different now with yakka Pertle, now with their full complement of players with fred van vliet back congratulations once again to fred and his family uh on the arrival of layla layla van vliet so sweet uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh let's uh yeah on the topic of just the Raptors looking like a different team. For me, it's that they don't have to play one way to win anymore. We saw them last night close with their small ball, former starting five that is no longer their starting five. Had Jakob Pertl on the bench, of course, with the option to bring him back in if they really needed that rim protection, but they held up just fine. Uh, we're seeing they can play different ways on offense now. You know, they can run the stuff with Jakob Pertl at the elbow, run off ball actions. You can have Scotty or Pascal initiate. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet in that pick and roll with Yak has been awesome as well. Uh, even on defense, they have different ways they can play. We saw their defense look like a crunch time weapon for the first time in ages. That's the thing I've missed most this season, Katie, is just the lack of any sort of juice on those late game defensive possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, 
do you kind of agree that there are different ways now for the Raptors to win these games? And what kind of optimism does that give you going forward here down the stretch as they make this push for maybe even the sixth seed as there are, I think, five games in the last column behind the flailing Brooklyn Nets uh, with the Miami Heat and Atlanta Hawks in front of them as well? Just sort of general thoughts on the fact that the Raptors don't got to play just one way to win basketball games anymore. It's beautiful. It's wild. What a novel concept. Not as optimistic as you. Uh, I don't think they're making the sixth seed. I think every game from here on out is just going to be like a game to game Uh win and they have to treat it as such. Right. Um, To your point. Yeah. They have more than one way to win, but I would argue before they didn't have a way to win. So anything is an improvement on that. But I think last night, you know, you saw in the deficit that was their shooting like Mm -hmm. throughout the game. Yeah. They did figure out other ways to do it. I think they forced the bulls into 20, turnovers there was like a lot of second chance opportunities um mm-hmm. kind of more defensive pressure i think Jakob Pertle has really made that easier for mm-hmm. everybody um i think he's freed up you know scotty barnes og Ananobi to a degree certainly pascal siakam to kind of go out and specialize in doing other things mm-hmm. and not have to focus so wholeheartedly um on just like getting bullied and kind of bodied uh, mm-hmm. around the basket. Jakob can do that. He's turned into a great passer, which I think has opened some things up, you know, for the team and to your point of like way more um, rotational opportunities. I mm-hmm. will kind of lean on. I don't think he said this in a, in a, in a mean way or like a, a judgmental way, but post game Fred said, like it's you know it's funny to be trying out different <laughs> rotations <laughs> this deep into the season mm-hmm. with like Jakob getting there now also with Will Barton playing um, but that's also kind of been the team's mo all season long is not mm-hmm. settling on any solid rotation because they didn't have the flexibility yeah, they didn't find one yeah yeah or freedom <laughs> they didn't really yeah. have it um, and now I think you know you've got your starters I like where they are sitting with their starters in terms mm-hmm. of like locked positionality it was the first game we also saw like everybody back and healthy and available since the deadline mm-hmm. and that looks good to me uh, I think Will Barton will probably end up doing more than he did in his brief <laughs> like brief exposure last night going mm-hmm. forward um, but yeah I think overall like it's still going to be a struggle (laughs) but uh the shooting is still worrying that could just be like slumps and dry spells kind of adding up all at once and everybody getting gelled back to being playing together uh again but yeah they looked more competent they had more like offensive punch and energy a lot of that came from scotty barnes in the fourth for sure Mm -hmm. um OG and an OB dunking on DeRozan didn't hurt either. But mm-hmm. I think there's like more, they're like a little bit more zesty than they've looked to me all season. And that's that bodes well. As a fan of the zesty cheese Doritos over the regular standard nacho cheese, I uh, really appreciate that analogy, Katie. Uh, <laughs> I also just realized I have Vivek Jacob as the background up on yeah, the page here. I'm a fool. <laughs> there we go. It's fixed. Uh, sorry for the YouTube folks I out there. Most importantly, sorry to Katie. It. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm a Shout fool. Out to Hydro Chug. <laughs> The best thing uh, in the ground home from All-Star. <laughs> uh, anyway, now that my lack of uh, good production value has been taken care of, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the shooting, certainly, that's going to be the limiting factor, right? And that's mm-hmm. why I think they went small down the stretch, even though the Bulls skew pretty big, and, you know, Nikola Vucevic was having himself a pretty good game. I, I think 
it was just a game where they needed the extra shooting on the floor and the extra spacing. And obviously, Gary Trent Jr. paid that off big time, 5-11 off the bench, 28 minutes. That's kind of the perfect role for Gary Trent Jr., I think. If he is going to come off the bench, he's going to close sometimes uh, if he's hot. And if he's not, then you don't have to close with him necessarily. You can go with a bit more of a dependable option, more of a metronome type in like a Jakob Pertl, who you know exactly what you're going to get most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in that instance, they needed to juice the offense. And that lineup historically has been excellent late in games offensively I think because there are five options to score basically at any time and the defense has to make bad decisions and and leave good players open and with extra advantages to press so um, you know just having that option to go small after not really playing small for the last couple weeks since Jakobertl arrived is really nice and the other thing too Katie to the point that you made about just the rotational flexibility they have the minutes were down in this game. Siakam mm-hmm. just 34, OG 34, Barnes and Van Vliet 35. That's incredible to see. Uh, you get 10 players play in this game, nine get meaningful rotation minutes. And because you have that depth now, which is, I think, pretty real depth, you are able to not, you know, you can rely on, you, you don't have to overcome, you know, I'm saying this poorly. You can overcome bad performances from some of your core guys in a way that right. they were not able to do earlier in the season it was basically you had five guys you needed to be the same brand of excellent every night to win and now you know Fred Van Vliet can go one of nine from deep still do other good things which we'll talk about later on um but and you can still survive it because you have Gary Trent Jr. going five of eleven you get a Chris Boucher pop even with a lesser game from a precious Achua for example uh you just got other dudes who can chip in which is very very nice Katie having more dudes huh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's good. I feel like 35 minutes is a breezy walk in the park. Honestly, like it must feel like a, like a four day work week for them. Just mm-hmm. like, oh, it's done now. It's Thursday. Oh, mm-hmm. great. Um, <laughs> we're going to come back on the other side. Talk about Scotty Barnes, Katie, Swatty Barnes, as they're calling him now after that fourth quarter exploit against the Bulls. We will dig into his growth. We'll dig into what we saw from him in the Bulls game in particular and get a little bigger picture with it as well as his development arc is super fascinating and obviously very important to what the Raptors are doing going forward. We'll get to that. In just one sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in North America. You got to go check them out. It's the NBA, just past the, the All-Star break. It's the stretch run of the NBA season. That means there's lots of great ball happening, lots of different places to throw some action down, if that is what you like to do. And because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, there's never been a better time to sign up with FanDuel. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained. Uh, I would go and guess the Raptors are going to hit less than their typically projected number of three-pointers, but you want to go the other way with it too. You have that freedom. You can also combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. That is my favorite way whenever I do partake in sports betting, which isn't very often, but when I do, it's usually I'm at a game, I'm in person, I want to juice up the live experience, and a same-game parlay for that game is always a great way to do it for example uh you know over the weekend when i was watching those games in detroit and cleveland putting a little money down on the raptors and, and a few different players you know more or less points that is a fun way to make that live experience even more fun don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba and of locked on 
We continue on here with your first listen of the day. Katie Heindel from Dime, Basketball, Feelings, and uh, the New York Freaking Times, among other places, is here as we uh, continue to dissect this win over the Bulls. Puts the Raptors again at 31 and 32, ninth in the Eastern Conference, just on the heels of the Hawks and perhaps the Heat as well, who... I don't know, Katie, the Heat are looking a little uh, decidedly not Heat-like of late, but we can talk about that another day. Today, we're going to talk about Scotty Barnes, uh, who in this game, 11 points, 8 boards, 4 assists, 1 steal, 4 whole blocks in that fourth quarter. He was a team best, plus 19, uh, shot just 4-12 from the field, but was 2 of 3 from deep. Uh, we will talk about his issues scoring around the rim, I'm sure, in this segment. But Katie, uh, impressions of Scotty Barnes, it's been... Very different for him since Yaka Pertle arrived. Of course, before Yak's arrival, he was essentially playing center full-time, screening, working from the middle of the floor offensively, and he was having great results. January was the best month he's probably had as an NBA player so far, uh, or at least the very best month he's had this season. And it's been a little different in February with the arrival of Yaka Pertle and the change in just the dimensions of the floor for the Raptors and how they're operating. Uh, so he's been kind of assuming this more wing-centric role. He's being asked to shoot more threes. He's being asked to create with the ball in his hands a little bit more, which has kind of had mixed returns. Impressions of Scotty Barnes last night in the game against the Bulls, and then sort of bigger picture thoughts on his development arc through this season, which has seen him have to adapt to a whole lot of different roles and change in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I think he's at where I expected him to be at. You know, like the, I don't think regression is the right word, but maybe mm -hmm. the plateaus included sure um especially when asked you know to your point to take on so much and so many different roles throughout the season some of that i think planned some of that the results of loss of personnel and you know mm -hmm. injuries and just act being asked to like step up uh and into things mm -hmm. uh last night i really liked it i thought he looked super confident he looked very aggressive um it would be great to be able to harness some of that not just in the fourth uh -huh. <laughs> um but i think that's when you see like i just kept thinking of what we've heard of him which is like he hates to lose you know we've mm -hmm. heard his high school and you know college coaches talk about that i think that's what you see in him starting to get stirred up last night in the fourth um like all those blocks included i like swatty b better as a nickname than fourth quarter b oh you've you've, you've teased my uh you've teased my bad in the good the bad and the hmm coming well, up okay yeah <laughs> that's um, all right we're gonna go deep on that because i have yeah. some thoughts <laughs> but uh overall i think it was good i liked the sort of disrespect of getting the rebound from a from og's missed uh, free throw and then just immediately dunking it and then going into like a chase down block in like the bulls last mm -hmm. possession didn't need to do it just felt the need to do it. I like that kind of stuff for him. So again, I think he's had a really tough season. I've never, uh, I've never been on the side where I think much of that criticism is warranted. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you read, like what you realistically want to expect from a second year player who's just come off like a rookie of the year type season mm -hmm. and what he's, he's like been able to show and been able to do with all the challenges um, that this team has had. You know, mm -hmm. and the frustrations, I'm sure, of where that's put him. Um, for sometimes, like, not really having a clear leader or somebody to sort of look to this season, mm -hmm. I think he's done pretty well. I think if the the last few games, certainly, like, since the deadline have been any indicator, you're seeing, like, definitely, like, a more 
like purposeful, robust kind of player in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and overall, yeah, I like, I mean, the team needs an offensive spark. Like certainly every single game is a close game. I think every game in the next like month and a ch- change of remaining games will be close given mm-hmm. the schedule. So if he can provide that kind of offensive spark, you know, Fred was saying he was out there talking a lot. He kind of gave Fred and Pascal the boost that they needed at times. That's good. Like, I mm-hmm. think that's what you want from him. So where maybe, yeah, he had a quiet shooting night to our earlier point. He did a lot uh, of everything else. Yeah. I, I think I continue to be super high on Scotty because these fourth quarters and these stretches of games where he just kind of decides, all right, uh, this is my game now. I'm taking mm-hmm. over and I'm going to ins- assert my sort of authority in whatever way I see fit, whether it's, uh, you know, driving to the bucket, scoring over Brooke Lopez seven times in a row to force an overtime and a fake comeback, whether it's uh, having four four blocks in a fourth quarter and kind of, as Nick Nurse said, inspiring the rest of the Toronto Raptors defense with that energy and just mm-hmm. sort of fervor and uh, like ferocity like that. That's awesome to see. And I think for me, yeah, it maybe I could see why you'd look at his numbers. It's basically, you know, it's very similar, although his his assist numbers are way up. His shooting numbers are actually down, which I want to talk about a little. But, um, you know, just because those fourth quarters are so clearly like him just kind of taking over and realizing he can assert himself into a game, that's why I remain optimistic about what he's going to be long-term. He has those flashes, and those flashes are so bloody tantalizing that I'm all right with the sort of in-between spots where he's kind of figuring things out or mm-hmm. he's you know having struggles that I think are to be expected for a 21-year-old who, again, is playing, like you said, on a team that's not had a lot of continuity this season. There's been a lot of in and out of the lineup, a lot of changing of his own role. And I do think long-term that's going to benefit him because he's getting to try different things and is being asked to perform in different roles over the course of a full season. Like, that has to be good. I kind of think back to, um, it's not the exact same, but like Zach Levine back in the year where he kind of had to play point guard for the Wolves because he didn't have a point guard. But like he added a lot to his game because he was in those sort of adverse circumstances. And mm-hmm. I think we're seeing that with Scotty Barnes as well, where he can kind of do anything, right? He can play in the middle of the floor. He can work with the ball in his hands. There's got to be some improvement there, I think, in just in terms of like the reads, the shooting accuracy, that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, I think we see again last night that all the reasons to be very bullish on Scotty Barnes and the reasons to think that this team, which the Raptors have clearly wanted to see more of, there's a reason to think there's something to build on here with Scotty Barnes as that sort of agent for upward mobility around what is already a very good supporting cast for him. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. pretty exciting stuff. The shooting numbers, Katie, little interesting. So last year he shot 71% at the rim. He was in the top quarter of the league in terms of at rim percentage. He's down to 64% this season. We've seen him struggle with that sort of in close, just finishing in close quarters around dudes, looking for contact, unhappy when he doesn't get the calls, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of and ones that have kind of rimmed out and whatnot too. Um, you know, are you concerned about that? Is there like a level of like, okay, maybe this is just a thing he's always going to struggle with? Is there something you're seeing in the way he's playing that gives you pause? Or do you think this is just kind of young guy ironing through out some kinks and he'll get back to where he was at last year and probably better over the course of the coming, you know, even by the end of the season or over the course of the coming years? I mean, I don't think he's found his shot yet. So I think that's why he's struggling, like in terms mm. of what he's most, where he's most comfortable shooting from. Yeah. Um, I do also think some of this is just par for, you know, he's not, he's been asked to like, sometimes he's the primary ball handler, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes his role is not to shoot. So I do think you've got to take that into account when you look at, you know, the diminished uh, numbers overall. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, 
I think the slump uh, plateau uh, <laughs> feels normal to me, feels mm -hmm. fine. Uh, the finishing is a little bit troubling just because I think that's still like a very nagging and persistent problem for a good deal of the roster. Pascal mm Siakam -hmm. <laughs> will sometimes, you know what I mean? Like that's something that like, I feel like I've talked about for at least three seasons now mm -hmm. where there'll be like really frustrating bouts of just like not finishing. Like you just aren't committing to it. Mm -hmm. I don't, and I don't think like Pascal chases or looks for calls in those instances, but maybe that's the only part that I worry a little bit for Scotty mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like, you can't, you don't try and finish because you want the call. Mm -hmm. You try mm -hmm. and finish because you want the point. The call yeah. is a bonus, right? Like you can't start yeah. playing looking for that. Um, so that's a bit, I don't like that because it does yeah. kind of remind me of, you know, bad Raptors iterations of old. When <laughs> uh, you can't really like, you know, this isn't a team that's like going to really get the calls when compared mm -hmm. to some of the other, you know, opponents that they'll play that do. Sure. So that's a bad, I think that's like just a bad rut and routine to get into. Um, but I would hope that's maybe just, uh, you know what I said before about like, they're not always being a clear example to look to. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's some, some of what that is, you know, for him. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they're, you know, they're just kind of coaching him to play through it. Yeah, and I, I think I'm probably not super concerned about it long-term. Like this year, certainly, I think it's probably going to persist as a struggle as he works through it. Mm -hmm. But I think in time, like the calls will come. He'll get stronger. He'll you, you learn how to sort of fight through contact. This is part of the growing phase for any guy who's going to live at the rim in their NBA career. I, I, and I don't think I'm terribly worried. And I, I think the reasons why, like, A, he's getting to the rim more this year than he did last year. He was at 36% mm -hmm. of his shots came at the rim last year per cleaning the glass. This year, it's 39%. So a slight uptick. We're also seeing him down in terms of the frequencies taking mid-rangers, which is good because it's not really a shot that's his and not really a shot that you want anyone but, like, the best player players at mid-range shooting taking and so you know he's obviously got there, there's some sort of package there from the mid-range for him that I think can be worked on and built out as we go forward here but it's not there just yet so really it's rim and threes for him right now the mm -hmm. threes aren't falling but I'm glad he's taking them he's shooting 34 percent from the corners he hit two of three last night he's been better of late um, and when it comes to getting to his shots around the rim, like he still gets there with relative ease, right? He can blow by anybody he wants or just bully through anybody he can't blow by. Uh, he can score over some of the best rim protectors in the NBA and get to those spots where he's comfortable. And I, I, just, I just don't think we're going to see a replication of this big drop off from last year going forward. I, I think we'll probably see him get more comfortable in those spots just because of just eye test wise, he gets to those spots kind of at will. And that to me is more important than figuring out the touch around the basket because these guys are professional basketball players. I'm sure they can figure out the touch part of scoring from a foot away from the basket. And uh, Scotty Barnes seems like he's going to have that. Any last stray thoughts on the growth of Scotty Barnes here before we move on to our good, bad, and hmm to round up the show? I think it's more consistency. Uh, mm -hmm. And that I don't, like I say that and not expecting that to come in someone's second season. Yeah. But it is something to strive towards. So whether that's in finishing moves, whether that's in, I don't know, like shot fluidity or like who he's kind of looking for, the consistency mm -hmm. is something that like you want. I would like to see him on track to get to. Tough mm -hmm. when he hasn't had consistency 
or like the yeah. team hasn't really had team wide consistency this season. Um, but I think something that's like what I, when I look at him and think of where I do think he's struggling a little bit, or there could be struggles coming up. I think consistency would smooth a lot of that out. Yeah. I, uh, I think I very much agree. It's like a consistency of like aggression, I think as well is a big thing for him. Just be mean all the time. Maybe Scotty. just like Don't save the meanness for the fourth. Right? Uh, More than yeah. aggression. Cause I sure. think, you know, intentionality to me that's like your 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 energy is focused especially yeah. like your offensive energy is focused and that's going to lend to the the finishing and like some of yeah. the other problems that we're talking about just like aggressiveness that can kind of backfire to like sure. around your team as well I think that's extremely well put, Katie. Uh, we're going to leave it there. We're going to come back on the other side, get to the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out the show. Before we do that, go and make sure you check out Locked On Leafs as your second listen of the day, as the Leafs are making trades literally every day, it seems. So go and get the latest from Mike and Dave over on Locked On Leafs. And if you're an NHL fan, this Friday, there will be a Locked On NHL trade deadline special live stream from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. So if you are a puckhead, you will have your fix. So please go check it out on the Locked On NHL channel. Also, Locked On Leafs, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, Katie, we reached the good, the bad, and the hmm, the way we round out all these game recappy shows here on Locked On Raptors. A thing we liked, a thing we didn't like, and a thing that's got a little got us a little intrigued going forward from the latest Toronto Raptors game. What you got for your good, Katie? Start us off. Uh, the OG dunk, I think. Oh! One, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he needed it, right? Uh-huh. Think, uh, mm-hmm. Especially because I've seen some questionable stories. Uh, basically lamenting like this is why he should have been moved at the deadline like mm. look at what a failure he's been given <laughs> it's been like I don't know five games or something since mm-hmm. not a lot of time uh, and I disagree with that so I think just in terms of like we know he's like a defensive like his defensive mind is great and full and beautiful. ask DeMar DeRozan about that he was on his ass all night long and it was yes. not pretty for old DeMar <laughs> but his like uh just like enough he needed like an offensive punch especially because the shooting hasn't been there so I liked that mm-hmm. a lot holding DeMar DeRozan to 13 points no rebounds and two assists is good. uh that's something else that might be my good as well actually my good is Jakob Pertl's play extension, the way that like he can make it so a dead possession becomes a not dead possession just in like with a, with a setting of a screen or with a quick pass from the elbow. That's amazing to me. There was a section a, a possession last night in the first quarter, I want to say, where they ran an action with Yak at the elbow. They had a whole bunch of stuff going around off ball. And the Bulls, because they're good at defense now, somehow, uh, <laughs> were able to snuff it out really quick. They get down late in the shot clock. And instead of... The typical, all right, I guess we just toss it to Fred or Pascal or Scotty to try to bail us out by hunting a mismatch here. They improvise it into a quick pick and roll with uh, Yak and Fred Van Vliet, and you get a three-point play out of it for Yak and Pirtle. Like, just having that quick instant offense that can bail you out is so nice. That kind of goes back to the diversity of options the Raptors have now. They can play different ways on offense and and run different stuff and use different, you know, two-man combos to create advantages. And just a very small sample size theater thing here, Katie. But 
Fred and Yak so far have played 81 minutes together in their time with the team since Yak's return. Uh, the Raptors have 121.8 offensive rating when they're on the floor. That would be the best in the NBA. And they have 101.8 defensive rating, which would be by far the best in the NBA. A plus 20 net rating. The Golden State Warriors starting lineup has a plus 21 net rating at last check. That's a really, really good set of numbers. Very small sample, of course. But uh, Yak and Fred, those two together, is pretty tight. Let's get to the bad, shall we, Katie? Uh, what you got? I've already kind of uh, alluded to what mine is, but what's yours? Um, there was one sequence, and again, like this is a small thing, but there was one sequence in the fourth one. I think there were three wasted rebounds, mm-hmm. um, and then they would just kind of get flung out to, I think it was like Pascal. Yeah. Probably one with Scotty. Anyway, just like taking a very weird kind of hero ball. Mm-hmm. three-point shot versus mm-hmm. at that point being like doubling down and being like well i'm gonna just drive it yeah because we've now got the defense so stretched out toward us mm-hmm. that there's plenty of room to you know cut down the lane so i didn't really like that i think what it's i guess it's kind of ironic because we're talking about all these other ways that the team has to win but mm-hmm. there are still these kind of moments of um a lack of uh what would you call this? Just like spontaneity and offensive yeah. decision making. Sure. Uh, and some of that I think is confidence and also just not being lazy. It's like mm-hmm. when you're, sh- when you've been shooting horrendously yeah. from three all game, I also, I get shooting through it, but at that point I think you're like, we're probably not going to shoot through this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I didn't really like that. That stuff is sort of frustrating to see. And again, it's like, that's a bad, I think, rut for a team that like can't rely on shooting to get into mm-hmm. offensively. So I didn't really like that. Yeah. Unless it was Gary Trent Jr. Taking a three last night. I wasn't feeling great about anybody putting them up. Uh, although Chris Boucher, three or five, maybe that's uh that's <laughs> nice stuff. Uh, my bad. You mentioned it earlier. Fourth quarter B Matt Devlin. I love you. <laughs> former guest of the podcast. We adore Matt Devlin so deeply here. It's a pro Matt and Jack and Alvin and uh, Kayla and Savannah podcast. We love the Raptors broadcast, but boy, oh boy, fourth quarter B got to go. Katie thoughts on fourth quarter B as the nickname that uh, Matt uh, Matt Devlin is trying to make happen for Scotty Barnes. I mean, I don't think it's sticking around because I really hope not, but like right Freddie before, All-Star did for a while. Well, right before we like <laughs> went into the segment, I Googled it. Like I looked it up on Twitter because I wasn't sure. I was like, was that it? Because it's such an awkward, weird mm-hmm. nickname that I had mm-hmm. to be sure. So by virtue of that, I do not think it's sticking around. I'm just going to double check basketball reference to make sure it's not been added to his list of nicknames. Because if it has been, we might be screwed, Katie. Uh, it's not. There is no nickname listed for Scotty Barnes as of right now. Which on, feels uh, right. He hasn't, yeah. like, he doesn't have one yet. No, yeah, well, That's fine. he does have one now. Well, it's yeah. Swatty Barnes, Katie. <laughs> We're making it happen. Uh, yeah, no, fourth quarter B, I, it, it like, it like lionizes the thing that we're finding annoying about Scotty Barnes, which is that he waits for fourth quarters to do this stuff. Would prefer four quarters be? Uh, how about that? That would be much better. Um, and, and yeah, it's just why is he B? His name is Scotty. That's like a super like Barnes is a pretty nondescript last name. Scotty pops. It's like oh yeah, like even just fourth quarter Scotty. Like that would be 
better. Fourth quarter B, anything B with Scotty Barnes is just like very, very underwhelming to me. I don't like it. I love you, Matt Devlin, but please, please, please stop trying to make fourth quarter B happen and uh, start using Swatty Barnes if you'd like. I'm just saying you can you can freely use that on the broadcast, Matty D. Let's get to the hmm, shall we, Katie? Any what's your hmm from this game? Probably Will Barton. I just mine too. Look at that yeah. synergy. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I knew we probably wouldn't see a ton last night. It's more to yeah. just like get him in the lineup, and you know I think Nick Nurse and the coaching staff are sort of figuring out how how and where to use him best. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I honestly like I think it is such a good pickup by the Raptors. Mm. I've been such a Will Barton fan for such a long time. He hasn't done a ton with the Wizards, but he hasn't been playing. Yeah, playing the for the Wizards. Wizards probably saps your joy a little bit as well, yeah. I would assume. <laughs> but as someone who was like such, um, I think, a crucial part of like some very competitive uh, Nuggets team, been to the playoff mm-hmm. three times, like 11 season veteran. I think he brings a lot uh, to the team. Good like offensive creator. Uh, his, his like, yeah, I don't know. I think just his presence in the locker room may address some of the worries I had alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just very like tantalized to see more. Yeah, only four minutes from last night, you could very much see like he was asking Thad Young like where to stand and stuff yeah. on some of their in the- <laughs> like that's totally what you expect. I, I would imagine it's going to take a little bit to get him sort of it worked in, but. Yeah, I mean, just to have that optionality, right? If Thad Young's not giving it to you, you need a little bit more shooting and offense in those secondary units, then Will Barton can take up the 17 minutes that Thad Young played last night. You could invert the 17 and 4 that those two guys played. Uh, You can pair him with your sort of less shooting-heavy you know, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher duo, and he's a 38% three-point shooter this season. He's not Mm -hmm. been very good from two-point range, also 38% from two-point range this year, but, like, the Raptors need threes. The Raptors need someone who's just willing to just put it up at some point and finish possessions, and as much as he has very much struggled with the Wizards and some of the sort of catch-all metrics paint him as one of the worst and least impactful players in the league this season— Again, I feel like a lot of that's context, and you never know yeah. like when the right situation is going to come around for a guy like this. And uh, as like a ninth man option for the Raptors, I really, really like it. And you know, I also think he's going to join like the hallowed halls of guys who you can't believe were Raptors at one point, like Jeremy Lin and Jason Thompson, all these PJ buyout Tucker. dudes. Yes, PJ bit. Tucker. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's like right in that sort of uh, that Jason Thompson zone. Is oh yeah, I remember that longtime NBA player who had a cup of coffee with the Raptors. Isn't that fun? Um, yeah, I- I'm fully in on the Will Barton thing. Don't think it changes the sort of big picture for the Raptors necessarily this year, but will make the little picture game to game a little bit easier to navigate. I think for Nick Nurse, just having that extra option there. Mm-hmm. I do wonder what this does to Jeff Doughton's playing time, considering he'd been having a bit of a run there. But at times, you need the offense that a Will Barton can bring that Jeff Doughton just hasn't quite shown fully capable of. That said, you need a defensive ace guard. Jeff Doughton's your guy. Options. It's incredible. We've tied it all together. Uh, the options are unbelievable. The Raptors, a team that aren't just all six, eight dudes who play the same way. We love it. Uh, Katie, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you so much for hanging. I, it must be just the worst having to talk to my goofy ass early in the morning. Maybe we could do these later in the afternoon. I feel like I've been shot out of a cannon today. Thank you for <laughs> enduring. Uh, anything you'd like to promote for the good people? It's great to keep in in the morning, Sean. That's good. <laughs> um, what can I promote? Mm, what did, was I, did we do that? We did this last week. 
Did we? I don't. No, we didn't. Uh, we did. Did we? No, we, we did. We, yeah, we did. We talked we about did. All Star. That's right. Yeah, we did. Uh, okay. But still, promote the New York Times thing again. Yeah, Why the hell not? You're the New York Times. Still <laughs> online. I mean, it's still flown around in magazines somewhere, but yeah, it's go. still online. You can read it there. You can read Basketball Feelings. Um, I've just put out a little. It's like a 17 minute freebie podcast for everybody, but it's got some really nice insight from uh, Stuart Sohi, Andrew Schlecht. Uh, Kyle Mann of The Ringer and some other people just about their best memories uh, of this past All-Star. Um, and then I should have actually something about the Kings, the self-actualized Ooh. Sacramento Kings. Uh, Light the beam! And why they're for real. Like, it's still great and fun to, to mm-hmm. joke around and light the beam, but it's actually, they are for real team. Uh, and mm-hmm. that will be on um, Gaming Society later today. Hell yeah. Go check that out. Uh, find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs. Uh, or also, you know, you got all the other locked on NBA shows. If you're interested in all the hoop that's going on around the league, it's been some very good hoop. Uh, go and listen to Locked on Kings, for example, with our pal Matt George, if you want to accompany that with Katie's piece on the Kings that is forthcoming. Either way, thank you so much for supporting the show. Again, the YouTube subscribers, we love you very, very much right now. My brain really wants us to get to 3K because my brain likes round numbers. So thank you for helping in that effort. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Likely going to do a mailbag show tomorrow as we get ready for the home and home, or not home and home, two road games with the Washington Wizards that could, in fact, bring the Toronto Raptors back above 500 if they sweep them both. What a world we live in. We'll be back again tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.